Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is September 9th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing uh, okay. I mean, it was uh, what a what a day for for 54 hole tournaments, right? Oh, we're starting out the gate here. Everybody's getting their 54 hole jokes in. I figured I'd you know just get it out of the way. It's just that the the joke about. The queen conspiring with, you know, Big J to sort of like pr- rob these guys, live guys of their OWGR shots, uh, points, uh, just a lot of, lot of like kind of layups there yesterday. Um, yeah, I guess I, what's, what's the over under on Greg Norman commenting on 54 holes being the standard at the European tour event this week on social media? Do you think he shows restraint and does not post about that? Or do you think he he brings that up? Nothing would. Uh, nothing would. I I just don't believe that restraint is in his body right now. I don't think he has the capability to restrain himself. Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, there's some who like to mix it up and some who don't. And he he he. Um, I have a bit actually on Flashback Friday. I didn't mean to go down the Norman path at all again. You know, last week was about how he was the center of the watch wars and was precluded from like press conferences and stuff. Somehow in my research on a past Wentworth event, I have a bit about him pledging to never come back after another tip with, with some, you know, drama at Wentworth. So he's fine. Speaking of the uh, watch thing. Yeah. I had numerous people message me. um, Numerous trusted sources, you know, not, not your mokes say, that uh, he threw a uh, a Rolex on the desk at a Rolex meeting. Obviously, the the whole thing was of the watch wars going from Rolex to Omega in this um, heated time. You mean during this? So he moment? threw the Rolex onto the desk of the Rolex president and told the Rolex president it was crap. What? <laughs> yeah. So, mul- corroborated by multiple people. This is this is what happened. What oh, God? Norman's a lunatic. Uh, anyways, yeah, he'll be commenting on. It. Hey, while we're doing messages from folks, can we do a quick unsubstantiated rumor Friday? It's a good one. Oh yeah, and I'd say it's it's a little substantiated. It comes from a pretty good source, um, but just secondhand. Apparently, uh, Larry Clayman, the Clayman, nut job attorney. That's filing the $750 million defamation suit against Ch- Ch- Brandel Chambly on behalf of uh, the Reed family, Patrick Reed. He's apparently walking around Wentworth with Justine. He's across the pond. The clay man is uh, walking around with Justine. Racking up hours. Wentworth, yes. <laughs> the best part about it is Reed gets this big payday from Liv, and they decide immediately to, to spend it on, on legal services from the clay man. Like the legal services that are like, 
have been sanctioned in like a lot of a lot of jurisdictions, it seems like, for his tactics and sort of approach. But he's walking around Wentworth, apparently. Unsubstantiated rumor Friday. Um, all right, let's get to it. This is now a 54 hole event. The Queen passed. Uh, uh, died Condolences on. to the uh, all of our UK listeners, all of all of if they want of of the Queen. Yeah, you know. if they want him, it seems it seems like not everybody. I, I don't know. In the golf corner of the world, there seems to be quite adulation. The golf UK golf corner of the world seems to be a lot of grief and adulation over the Queen. So has anybody reached to out to Anma about how they're going to handle this situation? Or you know. One of the, my favorite all-time commentary moments, and I never heard it. You brought it up to me on the podcast, and I was incredulous about it, was our uh, friend, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that, using that term loosely, Luke Elvey. I don't know him at all. Um, who once said that Justin Rose's poor play at the Masters could be because he was shook up about the death, the death of Prince Philip. This was said on a <laughs> golf broadcast as, you know, Rosie was going out and, 38 or something like that he's uh, i think it was actually i think he was leading after one round right it was that when he shot that all-time round on thursday i think yeah he birdied like nine of 11 holes coming in and then you know he wasn't playing his best at this moment in time so he became you know justin rose again at that time you know it regressed and uh lv attributed to the death of prince philip that week or or that day whatever it was rose's uh you know unsporting play or I underwhelming mean, some, play. Some English players are probably excited that it's taking the focus off of the, what they're wearing uh, on their, their shirt, like Ian Poulter, you know, getting accosted by, by Billy Boy on the putting green. So and, apparently... Uh, and and Pelly about his shirt choices. Yeah, Pelly told them, asked them if you could just not wear live branded apparel everywhere. Apparently they all... Um, Acceded to this request, save for Ian Poulter, who showed up with his magic stick. No, I saw a picture of Reed wearing live stuff. That I, okay? I, I was gonna say that that has to be. I, I would doubt Patrick Reed would abide by it. Are you we sure about that? I, I think Rex I mean, he's Hogger a lifetime, tweeted. He's a lifetime member. Right, right. Maybe that's why the clay man's on on hand in case they tried to file an injunction against his live apparel. You know, clay man's there to stop it in its tracks. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Poulter is what this a, a big deal? Poulter's like, such a loser. He's such a like. Just, I mean, this is the guy who tweets angrily about his nanny having to sit and coach and car like, delivery the pool, services, the pool cleaner just not yeah. being up to snot. Like he's just a shitster where it does like a dork that doesn't need to have to i'm not suggesting like maybe the request is even that well founded but is it that big a deal either way uh, uh, just polter being polter all the quibbling just makes both sides look look bad yeah like polter looks like a dork for this you know Billy looks stupid every time he opens his mouth. Cannon fodder Billy. Yeah, especially when, you know, you got other people coming over the top of him, you know, and Taylor Gooch. I was I was uh, running this morning thinking about just how silly everybody is. And and I, you know, I don't. You know, I, I'm not happy about live and everything, but. At what point do we reach that there's acceptance that there's that there's a schism? Because like I, it, there's nothing that's going to happen that's going to reverse this, right? 
and pro- professional golf is just going to be a fractured state for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think that's where we're headed. I think we're going to not see these guys at anything except for majors. And we're going to get together at the majors and we're going to ask questions about how their life's been not on tour, you know, and there may be a little tension. There may be catty comments from, you know, who's ever at the mic. Uh, I just, yeah, I think that is how it's just going to be now. And um, I think we we could talk about, but are we heading but the, towards where the majors are the only thing people care about? Is this no, becoming a tennis situation? I don't know. It could get closer to that, but I don't think that's going to fully. I don't think that's ever going to get that extreme, like with with tennis. Quite honestly, I think you're still going to have a lot of good players in the same place at the same time, at at hopefully some good venues that people care about with a modicum of history. Can we interest. talk about something else? Yeah. About tennis for a second. It's yeah. been amazing. The yeah, tennis yeah. has been amazing. But I can't believe how late this shit's on. Because I'm I'm on, on the, the West Coast, Coast being like, I don't know if I can stay up for this match. I was watching the the center um Alcaraz. Match. Yeah, Alcaraz unbelievable match. Right. Truly like yeah. next generation of tennis. Like it was one of the best matches I've ever seen. But it's like midnight and on the West Coast, and they're playing. I'm thinking to myself, like, what? Who organized this event that they're playing at 3 a.m. East Coast time? It is what? insane. I held on to like one o'clock when it looked like Sinner was going to win. He won the third set, right? That was like then, two a.m. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was like one thirty, one forty-five, and I was like, I gotta. This is crazy. I gotta go to bed. And like, little did I know, it was going to go for another hour. Thank God I checked out when i did but it looked like alcaraz was toast then but yes if this I were mean, golf we'd be I, losing I mean, our shit we'd be ripping golf yes. channel nbc whoever organized this and i know us open occasionally gets into trouble with this with matches going way too late and it's like school time now too. like it's work like it's fully fledged this is not like you know the middle of july it's crazy it's not a weekend either it's a weeknight right. It's right. absolutely crazy. I couldn't like, and then like everybody always talks about West coast, best time, the football yesterday. It was like over before I got my daughter down. I was like, well, like I didn't get to watch like any of that. <laughs> I was like, this is, it's, it's not necessarily, it's, it's great for the really late stuff. Yeah. But like, you know, the, I think mountain time is, is the clear de facto winner. Of all this, um, I will say that golf watching is much better on the West Coast because, like, you still have an afternoon. You know, what, uh, while, we're, while we're on it, what's your official Bears prediction this this year? Well, Roquan Smith is out there saying he's gonna. They're gonna silence the haters. You know, silence all. the <laughs> Oh critters. no! I see the over under <laughs> set at six and a half. The Browns I, are at eight. I, and I, a half. I felt like six was the number. Okay. Listen, as a Bears fan. This year is going to be a step back, but we had such dipshits running the front office coaching the last few years, like where they're just like putting band-aids. They're, they're trying to be mediocre. They were like just trying to sneak into the playoffs. Like what sure. moves can we make mortgage the future for the playoffs? I'm just happy we have a front office that's saying, you know what? We're not going to make moves that mortgage our future and we're going to restock the pantry. We are we are going to and I'm I'm in for the rebuild. All I want to see is some 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 times, but I'm going under six and a half. I think they're gonna be awful. 
I'm going what under do you think for the about Browns. The, where are the Browns? What's the Browns? Eight and a half. Eight. Absurd. This is as disengaged and and sort of unenthused as I've been for the start of a Brown season. And that and there were some really hopeless seasons by like September first <laughs> in there over the last twenty years, where you got you know like Charlie Fry, Chaz Fry, and and Brandon Weed. Like you knew it was just what we were trying to lose with Hugh Jackson. Um, but I just like I, it's hard to be. I mean, we share a lake with the Bills. Can I just jump on that? They're not in our division. Can I just jump on that bandwagon after last night? Josh Allen seems so fun. Uh, another draft at the Browns where we took Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen came later. I, I, I It's just like hard. That's Obviously, like the Mitch Trubisky. The Deshaun Watson thing is terrible. Like just hard to be engaged, uh, you know, with the Browns. He's not coming back. He's not When he does come back, it's not particularly, you know, pleasing circumstance to be a fan of at all. So, uh We'll see. I'm going under. I think Jacoby Brissett, it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> Baker's going to throw for 400 yards against us on Sunday. I saw Steven Ruiz from the Ringer, uh, NFL guy, quarterback uh, guru. He yeah. rated, uh, he, I think he rated Fields second to last and Brissett the last. Oh, no, right really? He had Fields at like 30 or, th- or 29. I mean, it was, he was really really far down i read i just was and, it, and he's like it's hard it's hard to be a good quarterback when decision making isn't isn't your strong suit and that's where we are and and then they had, he had percent as last and the worst part about this is <laughs> it's not even it doesn't even have the car crash entertainment appeal of like a freddie kitchens or matt nagy like we have somewhat confident it's just like bad and boring it's gonna be Listen, terrible I don't want to talk too much about this, but I I just, I'll try and put it in a golf context. I watched, so for, I was texting with Kevin Clark about this, but for literally my entire life, I have watched, I've watched other football teams play and been like, God, it just looks like they, it's easy for them. I don't understand why it's so easy. And I watched that Bears versus Browns preseason game. It was preseason, but I saw an organizational level of a football team, Confidence. like where it seemed like we were actually like they knew what they were doing that I have never seen. And I, I came to the conclusion, and I could be completely wrong with this, but I believe that we've never had a good golf or a good coach. You know, it's yeah. like a, a player that just doesn't know how to play golf. That's really good at golf. You know, maybe not even really good. We've never had a really good team. I don't know. But I don't think we've ever had a offense that's actually organized. And it seemed like they actually were doing like little easy things. Jim Miller was talking about how they like just they changed what foot fields had back. So it made it easier for him to make Uh, dump off throws faster. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, that seems like something that's just like low hanging fruit. What's the most talented golfer who doesn't know how to play golf? Cameron oh, Champ. That's a great question. Cameron Cam- Champ. Like yeah, I, I, yeah, that could be it. Cameron like, Champ. Who just doesn't just uh, I don't know. I mean, he has some obvious weaknesses he could he could improve. It's, it's one of the work. ball speed guys. Like one yeah. of the guys that just have like 185 ball speed and are just not very good at anything else. <laughs> Yeah. Right. right. It's uh like can we do the, or is there some What about Luke Liss? Luke Liss like a, a I, mean, career... I can't putt. 
He literally <laughs> cannot putt. That 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 thing at the BMW is astonishing. He missed like uh, he hit it to like five feet on like six holes and never made a birdie. Uh, or uh, he missed like six putts within five feet. My question though with these guys, you know, the guys like that, how have how have they not gone to the arm lock? When they look at what's happened with like Webb Simpson, Zalatoris. what happened with with uh, Zalatoris, like how is like the arm lock not like and and maybe I respect that because they yeah. are you know saying I refuse to cheat, right, right, right. Are you okay with the uh, fifty four holes BMW PGA? I thought they were going to cancel it before they go fifty four. It just feels like they're they're opening themselves up to. Especially I mean, given I, this moment with everybody got their crap. Rory made his joke about the guys being tired. Pelly, how this is the standard for champion. I just would cancel it. Go to Tuesday. Go go to however long you got to go. Why does it matter when it goes till, right? Right. Well, you're getting into the Fortnite championship. You know, you got to get on. Some of them maybe have to get this the This is their up. biggest event of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't know the whole situation there with the queen and whether you give it up the premier league is off for the weekend i noticed that but uh king charles Howell the third now now the new monarch of uh of london of england so or the uk so charles uh, Howell the third charles the third is now assuming the i throne. i'm strong i think cam champs got to be the the guy that just doesn't know how to play golf i've told this story before but i'll yeah like i'll never ever ever forget watching him at the western am he was at Skokie Country Club, which is a pretty short course. And he drove it on. I mean, he was 30 yards away from every green and he shot like 74 or 75. <laughs> it well, was hasn't this been fully insane. It was just on. It was like one. I walked away from the round thinking this is like the greatest and the worst golfer I've ever watched <laughs> in my life. I mean, Foley has talked about this. I feel like he just doesn't really <laughs> want to get better. At short, I, mean, I mean, he wants to, but he doesn't work super hard at the short game. Maybe he has a, in re more recent years, but I, I think he kind of fluctuates for, from dedication, being into that and not being into it. But I heard from a, another, you know, a peer that like he just had no, you know, he didn't work real hard and that might've changed. That might change. I don't know. But like, I think that's got to be the one, right? Yeah. Super talented. Maybe just doesn't know totally how to play. While yeah. we're still tangentially on the subject, do you think Chiefs fans should be worried that the Matt Nagy stink is coming back? Is he on their uh, staff now? Yeah. What's he doing? What's he? I don't control know. Control quarterbacks, coach? Hopefully. Like I wouldn't that. allow him anywhere near anything. Well, he's going back to rehab his image, and then he'll get another gig or something like that. This is how this seems to go for a lot of these... This sort of you know revolving door of some of these coordinators so all right that's it on wentworth i i just it's a good leaderboard i mean it's a halfway middle of the first round i think the last group is through 11 holes so they still got to finish it's resuming on saturday at 6 40 local time so uh Tommy any, Fleetwood, any thoughts Andy do Sullivan, you have any thoughts Hovland. through 18 holes no it was are good you worried watch. about their momentum Carrying through this uh, national tragedy. I don't know. For Rosie, yes. According to Luke Elvey, I would worry about it. Maybe Luke Donald, others that are, uh, you know, Westy's posting pictures of him um, with the queen. 
But yeah, maybe for that, th- those folks. But we have two English leaders right now, Fleetwood and Sullivan. Sully, Sully Andy the Bumblebee. Sullivan. We haven't seen the Bumblebee it's buzzing around. Well, it's, yeah. it's bee time. It's bee season, <laughs> right? This is the time of year the bees come out. Yep. We just had to have a hornet's nest knocked out of our, uh, removed from our, our house. How'd you Anyways, discover the hornet's nest? Would you? Um, there were a million like murder hornet sized things flying around on Saturday night when we had a bunch of people over oh. and everybody was screaming. And, they all, <laughs> and then at one point, four of them got in the house no. flying around. I mean, I'm talking, they're like an inch and a half to two inches long. Huge. And we got like 30 people over. Parents, kids, everybody's screaming. There's four buzzing around inside the house because it's near the door. And these kids are just coming in and out. And the door's like the slope. There's just more hornets coming in every time somebody opened the door. Um, so, yeah, we had that removed. Congrats to Andy Sullivan on his uh, eight under round. Hovland, good leaderboard. Shane Lowry in the mix. And you'd expect that given the field being pretty strong. Uh, on the LPGA, no, they didn't take any time off at literally the things called the Queen. City Classic, not the Kane City Classic, not the Prince. It's the Queen City Classic, but apparently Elizabeth's passing didn't didn't register there with that championship. Kroger Queen City Championship presented by P and G, so they got every big Cincinnati brand in there. Multiple title sponsor, Jun Yun Lee well, Six and Precision leads. Pro. You know, don't forget our our friends at Precision Pro, great Cincinnati company. I don't think they're officially in the title, but yes, they're on site. They are about to sponsor our Flashback Friday. Unofficial. All right. Um, And then the Ascension Charity Classic. Do you want updates there from uh, St. Louis? Tom Byram's two under through seven. I know you're probably, uh, John Houston is as well. Recent PGA Tour player at the 3M Open. Two under through seven. You know, I was Googling. Did you see Dion taking shots at the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Prime? Yeah. That's an old bit. That was like the middle of the summer, I think, when they did the Canton. I, th- I think I saw LeBron just yeah. reheated it. Yeah. He's like, like, to say, like I'd like levels. to see Prime Prime weigh in on the golf um, Hall of Fame. He'd have some fun with that if he thinks the football Hall of Fame's bad. I mean, do we want to have this debate now? Probably not. Worst Hall of Famer in the golf Hall of Fame? There's probably, you know, if Tim Fincham. I don't know. I mean, there's some interesting. Well, according to certain articles, uh, Monahan should already be in there. Hey, I was looking for the Ascension Charity Classic leaderboard, and there are Champions Tour power rankings on PGA Tour. Yes, we've talked about this. I could not. I. I just there's nowhere that I've scoured the internet for where you could even have a Champions Tour (laughs) fantasy league. So, like, who is the mastermind behind the content strategy that says we should do champion tour power rankings when literally you can't have a champions tour fantasy league? Like, who's who's paying somebody to write these power rankings when nobody, no one, no one could be possibly searching them? Well, I found it. Padraig Harrington's number one this week. Uh, there's a big Steve zone. There's a glut of Steves between Steven Alker, Steven Ames, and Steve Stricker. Steve Flash, all in these power rankings. <laughs> What's going on? Steve uh, Steve was the mid-90s uh, yeah, Cameron. Yeah, yeah, right. All right, that's, that's your current update. News, We just because we didn't mention this, you, ha- you care all about this Hero Cup 
that they mentioned. It's basically the Seve Cup uh, rebranded. Five five GB and I, I want to say, against five continental players. Luke Donald will be a captain. Um, it's it's going to be held in Dubai, which is interesting. It'd be like the Ryder Cup being held in Australia. It's neither, Are they you know, going to actually get the best players to no, play? No, probably not. They're just trying to get the guy some reps. It's, 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 talk about like a, a President's Cup doesn't want to be a feeder for the Ryder Cup. This is literally, it seems like, to get some Euro Tour guys, some match play, team match play reps is all I see it as. That's your Hero Cup. A lot of people seem, you know, the Ballesteros family seems bothered that it's, it's you know, they wanted the Sevy Cup back and this is just sort of taking over it. Can it be like, why can't it be the hero, the Seve Cup presented by Hero? It could be, I suppose. Why can't it? And also, why can't it be at DLF? Yeah, the Dr. Munjal was there for the announcement I saw with the Euro Tour executives. Uh, I'm clamoring for golf at DLF again, and I will not will not stop until it returns. Um. We'll hopefully get that back this winter. February, I think, is usually when they play that. Sorry, I'm just trying to I think to find DLF's out. I think they're out on it. Really? What a ridiculous move that would be. All right, let's move get to, closer uh, to the mic. You're, you're, you're far away again. I can barely hear you. How is that the case? You, you sit so far away from the freaking mic. I need a headset. I've seen a lot of people with these headsets. Maybe we'll switch to that. I like to bounce around in my like chair. Like a coach's headset? Yeah, we've talked about this. Let's go to a Precision Pro Flashback Friday, that great Cincinnati company that's uh, standing up the uh, LPGA event this week, <laughs> along with their friends at Kroger and Procter and Gamble, two other local, you know, mom and pop shops in the Cincinnati area. You can go to PrecisionProGolf.com, use the promo code Shotgun Twenty to get twenty dollars off an NX Ten. You can customize that range finder with the plates. They got fried egg plates if you want to switch them out. What? I have a question. Can you fly with the NX10 in your golf bag? I always take it out. And what do you do with it? I put it in my backpack. Because of the battery thing? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't understand. I, you know, I'm sure I, I can I, read about I've it. I've flown with it like, many times. I feel like the batteries aren't lithium, right? Yeah. When we shipped to Scotland, I was told, take the battery out. And when I got there, the, the person who was hosting us, UK golf guy, was like, what? That's nonsense. That doesn't make it. You could, you could, don't have to do that. You're fine. So I've flown with it, I think, many times just in my bag. I, I don't think it matters. So uh, maybe we can get someone from NX10 to weigh in with, the, with their best, ca- maybe uh, best strategy. Maybe Eric Yeah, Eric. I had Nick. I had, a, I had an issue this week. I was trying to figure out some range finders uh, for friends, and, and Nick hooked it up. Nick... Uh, works works with precision pro down there in cincinnati eric works on customer service really good group they support us i think they support no lane up they support a bunch of good uh you know independent content makers so uh go to precisionprogolf.com use the promo code shotgun 20 and i would recommend the nx10 you can personalize it if you want you don't have to but uh it's a nice little new feature there all right flashback friday for today I started looking into Wentworth, various, you know, it's, it's a club with a lot of history. Had a lot of pro events there. And I went the route of the Volvo match play or the Colgate match play or the Suntory match play. All these different match play iterations, you know, title sponsor iterations. It is not, I want to be clear, 
That is not the BMW PGA Championship. They both happened at Wentworth for many years. The match play event was there for 45 years. This was before years. the redesign. Well, I mean, you look up Wentworth, and it says it was redesigned basically from like 2006 to 2018. <laughs> like Ernie Els. It's like constant redesign. This is how they Harry Colt, and then like redesigned for 12 years, more or less. This is how it's listed. I, I know that's like not how it was in practice, but that's how it's listed. Um, so Wentworth. This is not a BMW PGA flashback. It's a Wentworth flashback on the Volvo match play. Let's go to uh, 1979. This is a Dan Jenkins article. We're going to go just in a couple different directions here on the Volvo match play. It's whatever. It's Suntory match play at this time. So this is Dan Jenkins. This time, or I'm sorry, each year, a professional golf tournament continues around the world offering flavorful events with rich prizes, Long after the American tour has done its best to cure insomnia. So that's a little shot at the American tour in 1979. Last week, in an elegant patch on the fringe of Windsor Forest near London, the pros played a classy tournament called the World Match Play Championship, a competition far more thrilling than any of those Southern Opens and generally regarded as such by golfing fans elsewhere on the globe. This time, a young colonial, I guess that's a term, Jenkins' term for American, uh, just to be... You know, relevant for the day, a colonial with the, with the Queen's passing, named Bill Buck Rogers, outlasted, quote, the amazing Asao Aoki of Japan. Ah. Who earlier, Aoki was a, was a yeah. killer at this match play. He won it uh, at least once, I want to say, and then was always kind of hovering. Of course, it was a small field, but, you know, he won it in 78. So he's a defending champ uh, and lost to Bill Buck Rogers in, in this edition. Uh, but Aoki... Uh, had a hole in one earlier in the earlier in the week with a birdie on the last green. This Rogers beat Ioki to c- cement himself among the elite, won himself a very big championship. And there was little ringing of hands over Ioki's runner up because by virtue of his hole in one on that second hole earlier in the week and making it into the last round, he assured himself of winning more money in one week than any golfer in history. So let's wow. get to the accounting of that. Monetarily, it was great for Aoki, a charming and talented player who is not only a straight hitter off the tee, but is quite possibly an all-time master of the pitch, chip, and putt. His 12-foot birdie on the last against Rogers kind of greased the cup and did not fall, astonished everyone, because most of Aoki's putts do disappear. They normally drop with the swiftness of his 155-yard hole-in-one on Friday against David Graham. He struck a 7-iron from 155 hit one foot to the right of the flag and hopped in. It gave him 125 grand to go along with the 40 he would earn as tournament runner-up. So what did he get the 125 grand for in the ace? It was not $125,000 in cash, but the price of a two-bedroom condominium at Glen Eagles in Scotland, a prize offered by a real estate company that had not bothered to send any executives to Wentworth because of the unlikelihood of anyone actually making an ace. After the hole-in-one, a man was flown to London to present Aoki with the key to the front door, and Aoki left Britain with the equivalent of $165,000. Rogers, the victor of the match play, had to be content with a paltry $65,000 from the tournament's new sponsor, Suntory, the Japanese distiller. So Aoki winning in 78 brought on this Japanese distiller as like the title sponsor for the next 10 years. I wouldn't say it was like the only reason, but you know, it certainly helped bring on this title sponsor. 
So more about this uh, this match play event. It started in 1964, basically the brainchild of Mark Mark McCormick. Here is uh, who also Jenkins. invented the world rankings. Yes, great yes. agent. Yeah, there's Not a lot. I mean, that's a flashback we could do for three hours on Mark McCormick, the founder yeah. of IMG, Arnold Palmer guy. But the World Match Play Championship has been a huge success since inception in 64. There, for a long time, there had been the need for a big tournament in London. I think this hits at can some I, of the upheaval right now of just like creating events on the run. But go ahead. Can, what are you can say? I just read off from 64 the winners to yes, like I'm, 76? Yes, I'm going to get to this. Yeah. Arnold, Palm, Arnold Palmer, Gary Player, Gary Player, Arnold Palmer, Gary Player, Bob Charles, Jack Nicholas, Gary Player, Tom Weisskopf, Gary Player, Hale Irwin, Hale Irwin, David Graham. Like, And then you get to the 80s and it's Woosnam, F- Lyle, Faldo, Biasteros won it four times. Player, player <laughs> like Norman. <laughs> so Nicholas won the first, or I'm sorry, Palmer won the first one. Obviously, that's a big deal. Then Player kind of really kept it going. He won it five times, I think, in 10 years. Ernie has the most there, and he won it seven, I think, in the back half. Um, so here, let's get a little bit back to the origin of it. It's, it's an amazing roster. Of course, you're going to have a big roster of winners when it's like eight guys, right? And it's all, yeah. those leading, you know, it's a loaded. I mean, but here's the thing. This is what the tour championship could be. I know. I, I, I've read so like, much history about this event in the last two days. This, this is literally like we could have eight guys playing out eight spots, all eight spots, like an awesome spectacle at the end of the season. But instead, we have a net championship. Can I make some, before I get into a ton of the history too, like the whole point about history and legacy and and maybe it's all nonsense, right? I mean, some events do have real history and legacy, but so much of professional golf's history, it's just making shit up on the fly. And sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it's officially recognized and sometimes it's not. Like the PGA Tour does this annually, changes things, right? In significant ways. The Masters was a pretty like newfangled idea, right? A forced invitational that has taken off. Like, and this isn't a justification for live at all, but just like so much of what's deemed a tournament, what has history, what has legacy. It's a pretty fluid situation, quite honestly. And to get at the whole thing, these were all 36-hole matches to start. Think about that. Think about that. If you're going to win, you got to it's like Seve versus Lyle for 36 holes. You advance, then you got another 36-hole match the next day. And this is in autumn in London. So it's just like all-day golf. Pretty cool uh, concept. So let's get to the origins of it. <clears throat> it's been a huge success since its inception in 64. There had been a need for a big tournament in London. In uh, as much as the British Open is played in Scotland and on the Lancashire coast. The Piccadilly World Match Play, which was later the Colgate World Match Play and Suntory Ma- World Match Play, the Volvo. Tooth- the uh, toothpaste uh, match play. Has sort of become the London Open. How about Colgate? Didn't they start the Dinosaur? Right? I, I mean, weren't so. they the biggest like reason for that? Like putting all the money towards that? I see our, friend, our friends at Cisco used to sponsor it. How about that? Really? Our yeah, the Cisco World Cisco. Match Play. Our friend at Cisco. Sounds like it's renewal season on the sales end. No, I'm kidding. Um, Chez, all right. our, our friends, Chez and, and Todd Watch. Oh, yeah, great friend, Chez. Yeah. And now um, Cisco guys have gone to live. It's big. 
In a sense, it's become sort of a London Open, taking its place in the sporting and social circles alongside Wimbledon, the Henley Regatta, and Royal Ascot. Enormous crowds always turn out, as they did in the glorious weather of this week, 79, and press coverage is second only to the British Open among European tournaments. It was Mark McCormick who recognized that both London and and golf course could use and golf could use a premier match play event. He began his career. We don't need to get into that. Hey, can I can I pause for a second? Yeah. Are there any cities in America that could really use a premier golf event? It was also dawning on me as I read through all this. Yes. Guy just made it up on the fly. And he was also pissed off. Not pissed off. He just saw the opening when the USPGA had switched from match play to metal play. He's like, we need a real, like, that's fine for TV. You did that. But we need we also need a match play event in golf. So he made a, this and lo- thought London was the place for it. Go ahead. As a quick aside, you know, I was watching the Alcaraz Center match, and I've been watching every single night. But yeah, like, and I tweeted rough uh, just quickly about this. But I, while I was watching this, I'm I was like, this is unbelievable. They had this duel, a big duel at Wimbledon, you know, this year, and it's two young superstars coming of age and you get to watch them duke it out against each other push each other and i just thought to myself i'm like you know i know that match play is is crazy in golf but if you get the very best players in match play situations you get these moments you know think about reed and and rory and all the moments that that the Ryder cup and the president's cup deliver like the euros being pissed off at jt last year like you know this is the things that head to head competition provide are so great and they're the iconic moments now like when you do 64 guys at the at the it doesn't work as well but if it if it's eight like this yes. you get these matchups of Sevy versus the young up and coming L's. You get, oh, you know, by the like, way. Also, if it's a blowout, like Nadal in straight sets, Nadal in straight sets. What's wrong with watching like Sevy or whoever, Scotty, like be dominant, be yes. amazing against a good competition or even moderate competition? That's also can be appealing. Anyway. So, like with this, like that's the thing I was thinking about while I was watching that tennis match is like, we're watching the future of tennis and we're watching them duke it out against each other. And this is what we're going to get to watch for the next, maybe for the next like 15 years. Right. And, and I just, it made me kind of sad that we don't get that in golf. Like we don't get to see Victor Hovland and Morikawa going at each other or, you know, Matt, Matt Wolf playing, uh, you know, Scotty Scheffler, like we miss out on and Matt Wolf isn't in that class. So let's just say Scotty Scheffler playing JT. Like we don't ever get to see that. We got it a little bit with Rory and Scheffler at the end of the season, but it's a lot to get there. Yeah. Right. Right. Anyway. So this was Mark McCormick. Mark McCormick thought London needed an event. Britain didn't have much outside the open. It, it, there was no match play. He saw the U.S. Uh, PGA go to medal play. He's like, we need a match play event. And it took 15 years. It is firmly established as one of the finest tournaments played outside the USA. That's Dan Jenkins. Through the year, it's produced, you know, you read them off. Palmer Nicholas Player. He said, Player probably did more for the event than anyone. He not only won it five times, <laughs> but he seemed forever to be getting embroiled 
in thrilling head-to-head battles. And he brings up a just quick aside in this 1979 Buck Rogers win. Uh, and interesting, it reminded me of the recent Monday Q story on the Nebraska guy who hid it in the woods and then, you know, found it all the way up. Uh, this was a, a, a player versus Fuzzy Zeller match. Oh. Um, played safely into the green in three strokes. This was a, a, like a, a 12 pole. Player struck a wild second shot into the forest so deeply into the trees, it seemed that only Robin Hood would be able to find the ball. But the next thing anyone knew, player had it in his hand and was asking an official for a free drop to another part of the forest. Reminds me of like Phil in Mexico. So he had it in his hand. Nobody thought they'd find it. Asking for a free drop because a Japanese TV tower was in his line of sight, player claimed. He attended to play out to the fairway backwards. So he's saying this TV, he finds a ball. TV tower is apparently in his way uh, for a backwards Backwards. play out to the fairway. (laughs) So they give him the drop. No. The official unwittingly granted him the drop, whereupon Gary played forward toward the green. An old trick. Golfers often try to bend the rules, and sometimes they get away with it. But he ended up losing the match. Uh, I love the description that <laughs> that only Robin Hood would be able to find. Yeah, it. that's the Dan Jenkins nineteen seventy nine bit. So, uh, so it goes in match play. This this was Zeller uh, apparently eventually won. Uh, the golf British understand and appreciate better than Americans which is why it's become so popular in England. It's changed slightly over the years, though the format seems to have settled down to what went on last week. 12 golfers, so this was now 12, four given buys. All matches 36 holes on the West Course, also known as the Burma Road because of its length and dangers. Four seeded players this year were Aoki, Irwin, Hale Irwin, who became really strong at this event, Fuzzy, and Seve. Uh, so it was... Uh, Oh, and also David Graham, the US PGA Championship, was unseated, even though he's a former world p- match play winner as well. And according to Jenkins, he thought this was McCormick's way of saving, saying where the PGA Championship rates by unseating the current <laughs> David Graham, the current PGA Championship. <laughs> uh, so then you got four semifinalists. Uh, I, I won't get lose a little bit on the specifics, um, but the Aoki getting a condo in the richest week ever was kind of the, the nut of that. So... Uh, Bill Buck Rogers would eventually win uh, British Open 1981. A pretty, really strong resume. A little bit more wide ranging on the uh, Volvo World Match Play. This is Bernard Gallagher in an article. Mark had a great love of Wentworth in England in the autumn, so he'd be the driving force since day one. It's because of him that Palmer Nicholas and Player first came. He's a great entrepreneur and brilliant for European golf. He recognized that Wentworth was the perfect course for match play golf and the Piccadilly, as it was known, had a wondrous habit of serving up great matches. You had 36. This is from Golf Monthly. It served as an end of season celebration as the world's best descended on Wentworth. Despite offering no world ranking points and not being recognized by either the PGA or European Tour. So this was literally its own little party with a sponsor and a fund. Can, can we just stop real yep. quick? Yep. End of season celebration. No world ranking points. World's best players coming together. What does that sound like? Tour championship? Could it be? Or what what do you think? I mean, come on. Match play. Um, The warmth of the Wentworth crowds and falling autumn leaves proved a huge pull. And the class of fields served to fulfill the belief that outside the four majors, this was the next best thing. This is Golf Monthly. 
close knit with 12 players. We, we don't need to get into the details. It was the perfect hunting ground. I love this. It was the perfect hunting ground for Seve. You know, player got it in the 70s. Seve became the 80s. Lyle lost in the finals four straight years. Then he won the fifth. He won on the fifth try. No, he didn't lose four straight years. I got in the finals. He I lost thought... four of one to eight years. Okay, okay, okay. Um, it was the perfect hunting ground for Seve. One on one, playing to the crowds, aggressive play. So, like, just think about this. Like, it's not for anything but money. And Seve, you get you get him like in his real element. Apparently, in Bernhard Lahner in the '84 final, there have been rumors of tension between the two which escalated from suggestions that Biasteros was, quote, unfriendly and intimidating. This is the thing. You would get these, like, that Brooks-Bryson beef that, like, captivated the golf world was so, like, contrived and, and just, like, nothing because they never played against each other. Think about the beefs we would get. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it was maybe translated as competitive and untalkative, but it, it became sort of this thing that there was an edge between Lahner and Biasteros at the time. This was nineteen. I mean, complete, complete opposite type players. Yeah. You know, oh, like, yeah. you know, oh, you yeah. just get like the, you've got like the German, like everything machine, down methodical. to T number, like yeah. driven person. And then you get the artist, the, the, you know, the person that's all feel like, you know, just complete personality clashes and style clashes. Uh, Norman won it three times. This is one more side anecdote. He won it three times. He had three for three uh, when he visited. This is from Golf Monthly. He visited in 1986. Uh, I'm sorry. He was three for three in 86. He'd won the Open at Turnberry and all that. So, But he did win three of these match play events. So he shows up. From, the from 80 to 86, only Norman and Seve won this event. <sighs> Pretty good. 12 guys at that point. So... Taking on Lyle for the second time in match play final, the Australian Norman eased him out two and one. But it was the angry reaction of Norman towards the galleries that caused the biggest commotion, suggesting the partisan crowd had reacted unfairly in support of the British player. Norman, to his word, vowed never to return. (laughs) Because the crowds are a little mean. When the match was over, I said to my wife, that I didn't feel I'd won a tournament. Which wife? A, Which wife I, I almost made that interjection. I was like, was that be just a cheap shot? <laughs> when the match was over, I said to my wife that I didn't feel like I'd won a tournament, but a war. Oh, a little dramatic there, Sharky. It really took me by surprise. And if that's, feel, if that's the way it is, then I just won't come back. So uh, more drama with the Sharky. So that's your uh, match play background. I will add... The sort of, it sort of lost its luster. I read a lot. You know, McCormick died in 03. A lot of the best guys stopped coming. Like the Byron Nelson. A little bit, little bit like that. But what really just killed it is the creation of the World Golf Championships. Um, and when that WGC match play came in, it sort of cemented itself as a premier match play of the year. Guys had to play WGCs. And it was pretty much done and dusted by 2014. Miko Illinen, not necessarily in the mold of Arnie and Jack and Seve and Norman, but Miko Illinen was your last. And it moved to uh, Spain somewhere, uh, uh, Andalusia, somewhere in Spain for the last few years from Wentworth. But 
he was the last winner uh, of the match play. What was then the Volvo World match play in 2014? Bunch of uh, uh, 98 would have been around the match play. I mean, like you had Marco Mira beat beat Tiger in 98. Yeah, what's like you had VJ beat Ernie in 97. Ernie beat VJ in 96. Like, what are what are we doing? Why, Why? Like, here's the thing: everybody doesn't like the unpredictability of match play, right? If you got the eight best players in the world there. Or 12. What do you 12? think about the 36 whole matches each one? That's a bit it's wild. Intense. I um, like I like the idea of of the like you just play out every spot and you've got a big purse for everything. So like the last match is is hey, they're playing for a quarter of a million dollars, you know? Yeah. Which people still care. Like you know, they're playing for eighth place or seventh and eighth place, but they're playing for a quarter of a million dollars like that. That's cool. Right. Yes. The interesting thing about this was like its best days were, were when it wasn't official, unofficial. Right. Yeah. For the first 40 years, this is straight from Wikipedia. It was an unofficial tournament. And like this was held in this in high regard. Then by 03, 04, it's like becomes uh, official European tour event, money event. Right. You know what? And then what it like kind of. What it tells me is when you get the marketing people, the meeting, the copious meeting rooms involved and uh, the administrators, they just everything goes to hell. Like at the first start, it was just the power of Mark McCormick. One, one voice, one idea. Probably this is what I'm going to do. This is where I want to do it. And this is how I want to execute it. And then, you know, oh, four, it became a money tour event and it was just on its way out. All right, that's your little sort of, I don't know, flashlight on some of the history, some of the uh, amusements of, of one of golf's great former events at Wentworth. Everyone enjoy your Fridays. Enjoy your weekends. We'll be back Monday to uh, recap the 54-hole BMW PGA, among other things. Talk to you then.